If you have your Bible, once you turn with me to Psalm 103, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into the Word here in just a moment, and um, and we're gonna continue our series called Divine Blessings, and um, it's based upon Psalm 103. They're listed right there in the first few verses. But uh, let's pray and ask God to speak to our hearts today. Father, we are your children, the sheep of your pasture. Lord, your word says that your sheep hear your voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Lord, I pray, give us ears to hear and give us a spirit to receive from you today. Lord, we love you, we honor you, we bless you, and we thank you for the privilege of being able to hear your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, Psalm 103 was written by uh, King David. And uh, it is believed to be written in the latter part of David's life, uh, obviously, that came out of very traumatic and very dark places that King David went through. If you read the life of David, he uh, his life wasn't just a, a bed of roses. He had he made mistakes. He went through valleys. He was persecuted. He had a rough life. But despite that, God was faithful to him. Amen. And uh, and Psalm 103 is considered to be the Mount Everest of praise and thanksgiving. Some now you know I just got back from Nepal, where Mount Everest is. It's the highest peak in the world, and it's saying that Psalm 103. Is, is the peak of, of the Psalms. You know, some people say, I don't know what to praise God for or what to sing to the Lord. Read the book of Psalms. It's a book of songs. It's a book of thanksgivings. Amen. And I encourage you just to read it. But let, let's read it together in Psalm 103 and verse 2. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now today we're going to focus on the third of the five divine blessings, which is found in verse 4, which is divine redemption. Verse 4 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems your life from destruction. One of the divine blessings that God gives us, his children, is the divine blessing of redemption. Redemption, I believe, is the key to unlocking the blessings of God. How many of you know you have to have redemption to get the rest of heaven? Amen? To get the rest of heaven's benefits. In Psalm 107 and verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Listen, when you've been redeemed from the hand of the enemy, you can't help but say so. Amen? How many of you have been redeemed? Amen? I remember years ago, we used to sing a song, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Some of you have been around long enough to remember that, right? And so what does, the, what does being redeemed really mean? Let's try to unpack that. Let's try to unpack the, uh, uh, the, the meaning of what redeemed means. Redemption means, number one, to purchase, set free, deliver, and to save. I mean, you think that's good news right there. And so redeem means to purchase freedom from, for someone to liberate from captivity or bondage by paying a price. 
The picture of redemption, you might have heard this before, but the picture of redemption is a slave market where human beings were auctioned and bought and sold and traded like animals. In biblical times, you know, slavery was was rampant. And a man could purchase a slave in any Roman city and he could purchase that slave uh, by just paying a ransom. And so, you know, uh, whenever you whenever you think about it, what Jesus did on the cross is very similar. And it's a word picture. And so in biblical times, whenever a man could purchase a slave by just uh, being the highest bidder and just saying, you know, they would actually examine the, the slaves and, and they would look at them and they would even test their strength. Sometimes, uh, sometimes just... Uh, uh, checking their teeth and, and, and just like you would whenever you go to purchase a car. That's, that's how brutal, that's how evil and, and how wicked it was during that times. But in biblical times of slavery, a man could purchase a slave in any Roman city and either keep that slave for himself or just set, set him free by just, just out of an act of compassion. Sometimes somebody would go there to the slave market and they would say, I want that slave right there. And they would, they would bid until they got that slave and they would say, listen, I want, I just wanted to set you free. I just want to let you go. Sometimes a buyer redeemer would just go out to that market just to help somebody and to bring him out of slavery and to set him free. Amen. And how many of you, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Whenever he died on Calvary, he paid the ultimate price and he set us free from slavery. Amen. Jesus purchased our freedom. And so Jesus went to the spiritual slave market, if you would, and he purchased freedom for each and every one of us. In fact, Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, Jesus paid the price for us. This verse, this passage tells us for three things. Number one, to set us free from the enslavement and curse of the law and live eternally, spiritually free. How many of you are glad about that? Amen. But number two, he also paid the price, allowed us to be set free from the law, which allows us to receive and live under the blessing and favor of Abraham. How many of you glad about that, right? And then the third thing, and he allows us to receive the promise and the power of the Holy Spirit, which we receive by faith. Amen. Now listen, there was a time in my life, I had no idea the value of the Holy Spirit because, you know, I, I never, I never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I got saved. And then I started getting influenced by the Holy Spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And man, I can't get enough of being touched and filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit because it sure makes my life a lot better. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Have, have you been affected by the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Now listen, I'm a minority. I was raised in Erath. I have no kinship to Abraham in which the blessing of the Lord was spoken over. But I am so grateful that even though I'm a minority and I'm not a Jew by birth and I'm not part of Abraham's lineage, I've been in Grafted in, and the same Abraham that God spoke, the same blessing that God spoke over Abraham is now on the Menard. Amen. Come on, and on the Thibodeau. Come on, and on the Trahan. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Thank God we're under the blessing of Abraham. Amen. 
Amen. Wow. Jesus was the highest bidder. You know, the slave market was like our present-day auctions are. And uh, it was the person with the highest bid that was awarded the ownership of that particular slave. But when it came to you and I, standing in the spiritual slave market, Jesus was the highest bidder. Jesus said, what, what will it take to get that man? What will it take to get that woman? And as, as in that spiritual slave market, as the bids were being made, Jesus says, I'm going to outbid everybody. He says, I'm going to pay the highest price. I'm going to give my life to be shed. I'm going to shed my innocent blood. I'm going to give up my life so nobody has to stay in this slave market any longer, but everybody can be free to go home and they shut this place down. Amen? I am so glad that Jesus was willing to be the highest bidder. Don't you? Aren't you? How much did he pay for our freedom? He paid with his precious life. He paid with his precious blood. First Peter 1.18, we talked about this last week. But in verse 18, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Christ paid an ultimate price for our redemption. The blessing of redemption can change your life. In Hosea 4, 6, it says this, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Listen, our lack of faith and knowledge of redemption can keep you enslaved, can keep you bound by sin and addictions and bondages and all this kind of stuff. If you don't know about the power of redemption, you can't tap into the power of redemption. Amen? Understanding the truth of redemption can set you free to begin living a life of blessing and favor from God. Jesus said this in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? You know, I read a story while I was studying and it was about this guy that he had a goat. He had one goat, and it was a precious goat. He loved the goat. It was kind of more like a pet than anything else. And so he got a call in the middle of the night and said, uh, by, from the police department and said, hey, your goat was killed. It's, it's lying on the side of the road, and uh, you, you, know, you need to go get it off of the side of the road. So the guy got dressed and went out there, and when he got to the goat, he found out the goat wasn't dead. The goat was living, was just lying there. And as he got closer to the goat, he recognized that the goat's legs had been tied up. And then he realized the goat wasn't hit by a car. Somebody was trying to steal the goat. And so he pulled out his pocket knife and he cut the ropes off the goat's legs. And so the goat was now free. And so he tried to startle the goat to get the goat up so he could bring him home. But the goat wouldn't move. He would just stay there, kept his legs like this. And so he he just started moving his legs and spreading his legs out and started them again. And the goat jumped up. And then, you know, then he realized, I'm free. And he headed for home. The goat was free, but didn't realize he was free. And I think there's a principle there that sometimes, come on, Jesus already paid the price for us to be free. But sometimes we don't know that we can be free. And we live like a goat all tied up on the side of the road. But come on. Jesus wants us to come home. Amen. 
Come on, are you, are, you, are you following me? Are you tracking with me this morning? Amen. We don't need to be set free. We are free through Christ's redemption. We already set free. And let that sink into your heart this morning. We've already been saved. We've already been delivered. And we've already been set free through Christ's redemption. I mean, you know, he don't have to die over and over again. He died once and for all. He shed his blood once and for all. He don't ever have to do it again. That one time is sufficient and enough for all the generations and generations that have been since that time up until this time from generations to come. We can live set free through the power of Christ's redemption. Amen. And so what does Jesus redeem us from? Well, let's just, let's talk about that. First of all, Jesus sets us free from the power of sin. Have you ever, uh, have you ever gone through something, you know, like, uh, whenever, before you became a Christian and, uh, you said, you know, I don't, I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to do this anymore. But even though you didn't want to do it, you step, you kept doing it. How many of you, how many of you been there? And you realize that you were enslaved to sin. Sin was controlling you, right? In fact, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I don't understand this. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. What in the world's going on? It's the power of sin, right? And sometimes we don't even realize our need to be redeemed from sin because we haven't experienced the deliverance of, from the power of sin. In fact, the Jews didn't realize their need to be delivered from sin. In, in John 8, 31, remember the verse we just read? It says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, notice the response of the Jews in the very next verse. In verse 33, it says, they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? They said, we've never been enslaved. What are you talking about? We're going to be set free. Verse 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. For if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. See, the enslavement Jesus was speaking of here was not the enslavement of man, but the enslavement of sin. Sin makes you a slave to Satan's power and Satan's control. Isn't that right? And so remember, slaves had no rights. A slave couldn't eat at the master's table. A slave couldn't enjoy the master's provision. He wasn't a son that could inherit. He couldn't receive his father's inheritance. In fact, he was under total control and dominance of his master's power and had no freedom. And that's what happens to, to us when we get enslaved with sin. We think we're free, but we're not free. We think we're, we're doing great. We can get everything we want from God, but we can't. Satan and sin's power robs you of all your heavenly blessings, amen, and your spiritual rights. Satan's control and enslavement of sin robs you, really, of spiritual freedom. But Jesus redeems us from the power of sin. 
In Galatians 4, 4, it says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the full rights of Jesus. Amen. How many of you know, as a Christian, you have the full rights of Jesus. Amen. You know, I, 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 you know, I like to think of it this way. You know, with those of you, you know, whenever you were growing up, you walked into the house. If you were thirsty, you just made your way to that refrigerator, open it up, got you something to drink, right? But, you know, when you walk to a guest's house, you know, unless you were very, very uh, close to that family, you don't walk to the refrigerator. You're not a son. But when you're a son, you just waltz right into that room and you go right over to that refrigerator and you get you something to drink. Amen. In fact, and then you go right over to the pantry and you get you some Lay's potato chips. Amen. You get you whatever you want because you're a son and everything in the house is yours. How many of you know the Lord redeemed us from the power of sin and gave us the full rights of sonship? Amen. Verse 7 says, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Amen. You can eat at your master's table now. And you can inherit all that the Father has for you. And that's good news. That's why the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, who redeems me from destruction. A second provision of redemption is Jesus delivers us from adversity and trouble. In Psalm 103 and verse 4 in the New American Standard Version, it, it, it translates the word destruction like this, who redeems your life from the pit. As you study out that word in Scripture, pit was one of the descriptions of destruction. And you know, in, in the Bible, a pit was used for a few different things, like a pit was used as a dungeon when they held people captive without food or water. It was a, a, a biblical, modern-day, solitary confinement. A pit was an empty cistern, which was once full of water, but now empty, that had miry clay. You know, back in the, in the days, you see it sometimes still in camps and stuff, they have these cisterns, these big old tanks, and you see them up on stilts or whatever, and they get the water that comes off the, when it rains, the water off the roof goes into the cistern. When biblical times, the cistern was in the ground, and they would bring water into the cistern, and that's the water they would use to, to, to do their, to, to live, to drink and to clean, you know, dishes and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes the cisterns were empty without water. And at the bottom of the cistern was what was called miry clay. You've heard of that expression, right? Miry clay. And basically it was sludge on the bottom of that cistern. And they would throw people in that cistern. And they wouldn't drown because there wasn't any water in it. But they stood in miry clay. And they were there in that cistern. That was one of the pictures. And so... They used these empty cisterns to, to hold people captive whenever they wanted to imprison them. And when you're in the, in the pit, in the cistern, you're in adversity. You're in trouble, right? That's what happened to Jeremiah. You remember Jeremiah, whenever he was preaching the gospel, whenever he was telling People, the word of the Lord, they took him and they threw him in the cistern. Jeremiah 38, 6 says, they took Jeremiah from his cell and they lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to Mel Melichai, a member of the royal family. 
and there was no water in it, but there was a thick layer of mire at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down in it. And so in biblical times, an empty cistern was a hole in the ground. It was, it was a pit. And when people got thrown into the pit, they were in trouble. They were in a dark place in life. And this is the place Jeremiah found himself in. And, and Jeremiah was in a very dark place. He was stuck in this slimy place. And, and, and remember, the people threw him in there because he was preaching the gospel. And so this reminds me that even faithful Christians can find themselves in a deep, dark pit in life. Come on, are y'all with me out there? First Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Amen. Come on. The pit is not final, right? Hang in there. One day the trumpet is going to sound. Amen. And everybody in any kind of pit of darkness, they're going to cut, they're going to get taken out of that pit. Amen. That's what he's saying here. Don't be surprised when you go through a trial, even though you're a believer, you're a Christian. Jesus said that, listen, it's, we all go through adversity, right? We all go through trouble. And so, Another example is, is Joseph. Remember, Joseph found himself in a dark pit. His own brothers threw him in there. Remember that story? And in, Gal- in Genesis 37, it says, So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him, and they took him and they cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Here you see the same picture. Remember, it was his own brothers that had thrown him in the pit. And you know what's incredible is sometimes we end up in the pit because our own family and our own friends do things to us, say things to us, treat us in certain ways, and we end up in a dark, deep pit in life. Pits represent trouble, dark places, difficult circumstances and situations. But I want you to remember, why could the psalmist say, bless the Lord on my soul? who redeems me from destruction. He was talking about here the power of redemption. Jesus delivers you from trouble. Amen. How many of you ever been delivered from trouble and you knew it was the Lord that delivered you? Isn't that great to have a a redeemer, a a kinsman redeemer that redeems us from the pit? Amen. A third provision of redemption is this. Jesus saves us from ourselves. How many of you know sometimes we got to be saved from ourselves? Sometimes we get thrown into the pit by others. But you know what? Sometimes we, we jump in the pit. We jump in the pit with our own decisions, our own choices. Amen. Most sometimes we can't blame even the devil for getting us in the pit. We jumped in head first. Right? Sometimes we end up in a dark, deep pit in life because our own personal choices and decisions. Jonah is an example. You remember that guy. Jonah found himself in a pit kind of situation. Not a literal pit, but Joseph, or not like Joseph and Jeremiah, but Jonah found himself in a pit, which was the belly of a whale. Remember that? 
And so, you know, Jonah found himself in this pit. And you remember why Jonah ended up in that pit? It had nothing to do with his brothers. It had nothing to do with somebody coming against him. Jonah ended up in this the belly of this whale, of this fish, because of his own disobedience, because his own rebellion. How many of you know, I don't need anybody else to get me in a pit. I can get there all by myself. And I, and I think you can too, right? Jonah's dark pit was the belly of a whale. And Jonah's dark place was because of his own undoing. So nobody threw Jonah in the pit. He threw himself in the pit. And sometimes we go through pits in life because we're doing, we're not doing the right thing. We're not obeying God. Have you ever felt like you were in a pit? Whether it was your, you got thrown in or whether you threw yourself in, have you ever experienced a pit in life? Have you ever been through a dark time in your life? Listen, I know you might be feeling that way right now. And the truth is, the truth is we all go through pits in life. And, and you may feel trapped in some pit of addiction or bondage. Does anybody know what that feels like? I can tell you, I know what that feels like. You may feel trapped in some deep hole of emotional discouragement or depression. You ever been there? You ever been discouraged in life? You ever been depressed in life? You may be stuck in a dark pit of relationships. You know, maybe a pit of relational conflict or betrayal or abusive situation. We get thrown in the pits. You may feel trapped in some deep, dark pit because of, you know, because of something you're going through physically or spiritually or mentally or, or, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, because of what your circumstances led you to. And right now you feel like you're standing in a pit and you got mire around your spiritual life and you feel like you can't see the light of day. I got good news for you this morning. That we can experience the divine blessing of redemption, which means the Lord has an amazing way to deliver you out of trouble. Amen. Have you ever been delivered out of trouble in your life? Let me see your hand. All right. So listen, it's inevitable that we will go through pits. And you know what? I believe that, you know, the, every one of us that's in this room today, we, we might not be in a pit right now, but we could be in a pit by the time this day is over or this week is over, this month is over. Amen. Because listen, a pit, I mean, you could be fine one minute, the next minute, all the wheels are coming off, right? So the question is, how do you activate the power of God's divine redemption in your life? That's the question, right? And so I want to just give you a few suggestions. Number one, embrace the power of redemption through faith. And what I mean by that is how many of you believe that God has the ability to redeem you? How many of you believe that? Listen, if you're going to experience the power of redemption, you first of all, you have to believe it. I like what the psalmist said. How many of you believe David went through pits in his life? And this is what he said in Psalm 14, verse 2. He drew me up out of a horrible pit, out of tumult and of destruction, and out of the miry clay, froth and slime. And he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my steps and establishing my groanings. Now, again, that was another song we used to sing. He, he, he set my feet on the rock to say, remember? 
That was a song that we would sing. David is speaking from experience here. And David is saying, he, he took me out of the pit. He drew me out of the pit. He put a rope down in the pit. I grabbed a hold of it and he pulled me out. And I'm telling you, if you will just believe and just believe that God's power of redemption can get you out of trouble. And it's like you're reaching out and grabbing the rope of the Lord, the salvation of the Lord. And you don't know how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But I'm telling you, the Lord is going to put you a ladder in your pit and your cistern and he's going to get you out of there. Amen. Come on. You got to believe that, right? Psalm 107 verse two says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You know what I find? The more pits the Lord rescues us from, the more that we're ready to sing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're ready to declare it. I love what it says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, who he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Praise the Lord. Come on, I'm telling you, listen. You know, some people feel like they don't have anybody in their corner that they don't have anybody that's for them, that they're all alone, they're on an island somewhere, and they don't have, they're in this world full of, you know, seven billion people, but nobody knows that they're here. I'm telling you, you got a redeemer that lives. You got a redeemer that knows where you are. You got a redeemer that goes down into the pit. You got a redeemer that will go down right into the mire with you, but he don't want to stay in there. He paid too high of a price to stay in the mire. He wants to get him out and you out with him. He's going to pull you up. And get you out of there. I'm trying to encourage somebody in here today. I don't know. I'm just trying. Amen. Amen. Come on. Put a smile on your face right now. If you say, he's my redeemer. Amen. He's my redeemer. Come on. You got to believe that, right? So that's the first step. You got to believe that. So I want to encourage you. Begin declaring by faith. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Jesus paid the price for my redemption. I'm not on the slave market anymore. I'm not bound by the enemy anymore. I'm set free. And here's the second step. Begin praising and thanking God for your redemption. You remember the psalm is considered, Psalm 103 is considered to be the Mount Everest of praise and thanksgiving. And you know, whenever you read Psalm 103, you got to get the just of it. You know, we just read it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That's not what David was saying. I believe it. I believe it went something like this. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Come on, I believe that David was encouraging himself by remembering about the blessings of the Lord. Amen. And he turned that psalm. That psalm became a song in his heart. And he began to praise God. He began to thank God. How many of you know there's power in praise and in thanksgiving? Amen. And I believe that's what David is doing here. And I want to encourage you. Something supernaturally happens in your soul when you begin to praise God and thank God for all his divine benefits. Amen? Now listen, I know, I'm sure you're like me. You can look at this that's not right and that's, that's not right and this could be better and that could be better. We could, we could find a million things to say, man, I wish it was and I wish it wasn't and I wish it could be and if ever and all that. But listen, we got a choice to make, brothers and scissors. We can focus on everything we don't have, or we can focus on what we do have. We can focus on what could be, or we can focus on who we are. Come on, we're a child of God, bought with the power of the blood of Jesus, and ain't no sense in standing around, moping and crying. Come on, let us be encouraged in the Lord, and let us begin to praise and thank God for His glorious redemption. Amen. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. All that is within me, bless His holy name. And so listen, I want to encourage you. Whenever you, whenever you get home, you know, you got to be careful where you do this because somebody might think you're crazy. But get somewhere where nobody can hear you. You might need to take a little walk or something. Amen. Or, you know, you could, you know, there's an outside voice and an inside voice. Maybe, maybe you need to begin praising God with the inside voice. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, y'all with me out there. Come on, just begin to praise God. Amen. Say, excuse me a minute and just go in your secret place and just begin to thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Something happened. It primes the pump. Prime. Remember when Paul and Silas, it was at midnight and they were in jail and they were bound up. They had stocks and bonds. Stocks and bonds. They had stocks and bonds around them. Amen. Well, it wasn't bonds, but you know what I mean, right? They had some bondages, amen. And they started singing a hymn of praise unto God. They started singing, man, and it was midnight. It was a dark hour. They were in prison. Somebody just lost their life. It looked like they were going to be next, but they began to praise God and thank God, and all of a sudden the whole prison began to shake, and their bondages, their bonds fell off of them, amen? Oh, come on, their stocks did too, amen? And they got set free, and they got liberated. Come on, I'm trying to encourage you today. Hey, come on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come on, sometimes you got to encourage yourself. You got to talk to yourself. You can't wait for your neighbor to do it. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. You just need to, you just need to pull yourself up by the bootstrap and just begin to thank God and praise God for his redemption. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Cry out. Number three, cry out for God's deliverance from trouble. Cry out. Psalm 14 verse one says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. David learned to cry out to God for his deliverance. And man, you remember, David was the guy that had to face Goliath. David was the guy that had somebody going after his life, throwing spears at him. David was the guy. That was on, was a, he was, he was, he was a, had to live like a a hermit. He had to hide all his life. He couldn't even go out in public because his life, his life was in jeopardy. I mean, he'd been, he went through, he, he was the guy that sinned and ended up, you know, separated from God. He's, he was in some pits and he said, I learned to cry out to God. I learned to cry out to God. Some of the pits David put himself in, some of the pits other people put him in, but nevertheless, he learned to cry out unto God. And the Lord heard his cry, David said. I cried out and the Lord heard my cry. Amen. Why, why does the Lord respond to cry? I think it's a, it's a, it's a sense of desperation. It's a, it's a sense of like, like, well, I'm not taking no for an answer. You know, like Jacob, when he wrestled with the angel, the angel said, let me go. It's almost daybreak. I need to go. And Jacob said, I'm not letting you go unless you bless me. Amen. Listen, you know, when a child wants something, they'll say, mama, daddy, can I have something? And then if you don't give it to them, they'll say, mama, daddy, I want some. And if you don't give them, finally, if they get desperate enough, they'll start crying, right? Mama, dad. And then we come running. Yeah, what, what, what? And then we, we respond. Listen, I believe we'll cry. 
It's simply more of a desperation to say, God, I know you paid the price for my redemption. I know I can get out of this pit. I know I can be delivered from trouble. I can't stay here any longer. I want out, Lord. I want you to reach, I want you to drop that rope, drop that ladder. Get me out of here, Lord. I want to be set free from this pit and this trouble that I'm in. Amen. Are y'all with me? Why don't you do me a favor and just stand with me? And let's just begin to just pray through some of this right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mona, just, I just want to encourage, just make a place right there between you and, and the Lord. Just, just enter in that secret place right now and just begin to embrace the redemp- the power of redemption through faith. Come on, the Lord purchased you. How many of you are believers here today? How many of you are children of God? Come on, you got a place at the table today. Come on, let that sink into your spirit. Come on, the Lord loves you. He's watching at you. Come on, you're not on your own. You're not having to go through this by yourself. Come on, the Lord is with you today, and He wants to deliver you today. Come on, just begin. Just begin to just to believe it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Lord, I'm redeemed. You bought me, Lord. Come on, just right there out of your heart. Come on, just begin to praise and thank God for your redemption. Thank you, Lord, that you're getting me out. Thank you, Lord, that you're helping me. Come on, some of you maybe you might need to start crying out to God. Lord, I need this to change, Lord. I need to be set free, Father God. Lord, get me out of this pit right now. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every person that is in this room right Right now. And Lord, I pray for the power of your anointing, the power of your spirit, Lord, to be released right now. Father, I pray spiritually speaking, Lord, drop down, Lord, spiritual ropes, Lord, to those that are in deep holes, deep pits, Lord, deep, deep dark places. Drop down your ladder, Lord. Drop down your spiritual ladder. Lord, I pray right now the grace of God begin to lift them up out of that clay that seems to be stuck to them, seems to be holding on to them. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare the Spirit of the Lord is setting people free. Come on. How many of you believe you are redeemed? Come on. How many of you believe that you are redeemed? You are set free right now in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Now, you know, listen, The greatest part of our redemption, the greatest part, really, is the fact that our sins can be forgiven and we can be rescued eternally. You know, the pit, as you study the pit in the Bible, it also represents the pit of abyss. The pit, it's it's a place separated from God. It's a place designed for destruction for the devil and his angels. And for whoever refuses to put their faith and trust in God. And that's the greatest part of our redemption. As we put our faith and trust in God, when we breathe our last, we get escorted into eternity. Amen? And there is no pits in the new Jerusalem. There's no stocks and there's no bonds either. Amen? Come on. Come on. You can be set free and free indeed. How many of you glad about that? Amen? Amen. We have this great hope. But maybe you're here today and you don't know for sure. You don't know for sure when you die if you're going to go to heaven. The Bible says Jesus died. He shed his blood that none of us have to stay in the slave market of sin or the control of the enemy. 
we can all be set free. Would you just bow your heads with me for just one moment? If you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm not for sure if I'm saved. And I definitely want to experience the power of Christ's redemption. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. If you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be a Christian. Pray for me. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand right here. Anywhere else. Just raise it and hold it high. Just hold it high so I can see it. I just want to acknowledge right back here. Right back here, sir. I see your hand. Thank you for being so bold. Just hold your hand up. Come on, just say say to the Lord, Lord, that's me. Lord, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. And listen, those of you that raised your hands, we're going to pray this prayer together as a family. Would you pray it with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, shedding your blood, paying the price so I could be redeemed. I could be bought out of slavery and I could be set free. Lord, would you forgive me for every sin I've committed? Lord, would you give me a fresh start? I surrender to you. I turn my back on evil and I want to live for you, Jesus. Father, would you empower me and give me the wisdom and the grace to live my life as a Christian. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now the heavens are rejoicing. Amen. The heavens are are just throwing a party. Amen. If you raised your hand and you surrendered your life, we don't want to embarrass you, but we do have a gift for you. If you just take that card that says, I made a decision, bring it into the lobby, bring it to the desk. We won't harass you. We won't go to your house. We won't, we won't do that. But we do want to get you some material to just get, get you started on this great journey. Amen. How many of you glad you redeemed? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Father, I pray the blessing and the favor of God on every person that is here today. May the touch of God be with us as we go. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be here. Be blessed as you go.